0: Good morning.
1: Good morning. morning.
0: Let the redeemed of the Lord rejoice.
1: For the steadfast love of God, give thanks.
0: For those of you who don't know me, I'm Peter McKinney, better known as Ann's husband. (laughs) I'm honored to be your liturgist this morning. If at any time you can't hear Pastor Kyle or me, just give a wave and a hand behind the ear, we'll get the message. In the name of our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace, whether we are young or old, whether we're first time or long time worshipers, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this place we are all family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. I want to extend a special welcome to the visitors in our midst and to those joining us online. We're so glad you've chosen to worship with us today. For those who are here in person, please join us following the service for coffee and refreshments and fellowship through the door here at the front of the sanctuary. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in his name, he is there among them. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the image and words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Now let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. When Abraham was troubled, God
1: said, Do not be distressed.
0: When Hagar gave up, God said, Do not be afraid. No matter what happens, God is with us.
1: Praise Praise the Lord.
0: Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 187, Savior, Like a Shepherd, Lead Us. Let us pray, loving God, you reveal reveal your presence in our lives, renew our hearts and minds through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we may worship you in truth and spirit. We ask this in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, Amen. amen. Please be seated. Friends, sin can destroy our lives, sin can destroy our relationships, sin can destroy our hope. But through faith in the saving death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our lives and our relationships and our future are no longer enslaved to sin. Let us trust the love of God and confess our sin, that we might receive grace and find true freedom. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, lead us in the ways that lead to life. Free us to love as completely as you love. Help us find our worth, not by lifting ourselves above others, But by accepting that we belong to you, may our fulfillment be found not in what we hold on to, but in what we freely give in your name. Free us, dear God, to live without fear,
1: following wherever your spirit leads. In the spirit of Christ's compassion, we pray. Amen.
0: And hear us as we confess to you in this time of quiet reflection. People of God, the one who frees us from selfishness, fills us with God's selfless love, in the name of jesus christ we We are are forgiven. forgiven amen beloved sitting in the hope living in the hope and trust that god has forgiven us we are freed to live lives of unlimited love let us share the peace we have found with one another this morning with signs of friendship and love the peace of christ be with you
1: and also with you
0: power to make a desert a place of renewal and a cross a sign of redemption. Send your Holy Spirit so that we can hear you and entrust ourselves completely to you. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit for our responsive psalter reading. Our Psalter lesson this morning is an adapted version of Psalm 86. Incline your ear, O God, hear the praises of your people.
1: Gladden the hearts of your servants as we lift up our souls to you.
0: For you, O God, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love.
1: In the day of trouble we call on you, knowing you will answer.
0: Your people everywhere glorify your name.
1: For you are slow to anger and abound in steadfast love.
0: Turn to us and be gracious.
1: For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God.
0: Holy Wisdom, Holy Word, thanks be to God. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 423. Create in me a clean heart, O God.
1: Some sluggishness this morning. <laughs> it's early, isn't it? We haven't all finished our coffee yet, have we? So, everybody, take a big, deep breath and let it out. Now, everybody, take your arms and raise them up really high. one more time ah there we go are we feeling it (laughs) we're getting there we're getting there it's summertime isn't it we'd all much rather be laying in the sun drinking our iced coffee but we're here and that's a good thing And our lesson this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 21, beginning to read at verse 8. After the birth of Isaac, the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring." So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him, A good way off about the distance of a bow shot for she said do not let me look on the death of the child and as she sat opposite him she lifted up her voice and wept and God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her what troubles you Hagar Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. In the past couple of years, Elena and I have discovered and come to love the Netflix show, The Crown, which chronicles the story of Queen Elizabeth II, touching on the unusual way she becomes queen because of her uncle's abdication and her father's ascension to the throne. It is marvelously acted, and the dramatization intertwined with true historical events makes it very compelling television. Now, each season, it seems, the writers touch on aspects of British royal history that the monarchy would presumably prefer be forgotten. Such as the Queen's rumored marital rift in her early days on the throne? Or Charles and Diana? And Charles and Camilla? Well, in season four, a particularly ugly scandal is explored in an episode titled, The Hereditary Principle. In it, Princess Margaret discovers that five of her and Queen Elizabeth's cousins, were secretly placed in a mental hospital in 1941 and publicly declared dead. Margaret, who faced her own mental health issues throughout her life, is incandescent with rage and confronts the Queen Mother about this act of familial cruelty but the queen mother rationalizes the decision blaming it on the abdication that thrust her husband the late king george the sixth onto the throne and suddenly made the purity of her family's bloodline a subject of international interest the imagined dialogue between mother and daughter in the episode contains this rationale from the Queen Mother. My family, the Bose Lions, went from being minor Scottish aristocrats to having a direct bloodline to the crown, resulting in the children of my brother, Catherine and Narissa, and their first cousins, Idonia, Etheldreda, Athel, and Rosemary, paying a terrible price, she explains. Their professionally diagnosed idiocy and imbecility would make people question the integrity of the bloodline. Can you imagine the headlines if it were to get out? What people would say? Headlines did eventually get out in 1987 that Catherine and Narissa bowes had been secretly placed in the Royal Earlswood Mental Hospital in 1941, when Catherine was 15 and Nerissa was 22. Their family reported the sisters dead in 1963, even though Narissa lived until 1986, and Catherine was, at the time of the bombshell news, still alive. Many families have these proverbial skeletons in the closet. True, none are likely as scandalous as this example from the royal family. And some may even be those family stories that get chuckled about over family dinners. But these do tend to be stories that get pushed to the margins, glossed over or covered up because of shame or scandal or embarrassment, which makes the inclusion of this story about Hagar and Ishmael that much more puzzling in the larger Genesis narrative. The story about the establishment of the descendants of the father of not just our faith, but the three biggest faith traditions in history. This seems like the kind of story that you might want to sweep under the rug. This seemingly insignificant Egyptian maidservant is barely a footnote in the redemption history. You could easily tell the story of Abraham and Sarah without mentioning Hagar, or by alluding to her in passing reference. After all, among the patriarchs, Abraham, his son Isaac, and grandson Jacob the multitudinous nations of the people of Israel emerge. Yet God promises to Hagar, here in this text, I will make a great nation of Ishmael. God even comforts Abraham with these same words. Abraham, to his credit, is greatly distressed by this but God comforts him so that he is not distressed at this second and final departure of Hagar and his eldest son Ishmael we do well to remember that this is Hagar's second leaving the first occurring soon after she conceives her son Ishmael with Abraham in chapter 16. In that story, she is treated so badly by Sarah that she runs away into the wilderness. It's there that God meets Hagar and speaks to her. In fact, before the text reports of God speaking to Sarah, that god comforts hagar with the first promise that her son will be the father of multitudes god or hagar names god el ram the god who sees so while she has been mistreated god sees her and brings her comfort and strength to go on. For her own protection and for the safety of her unborn child, Hagar needed to return to Abraham and Sarah in order to benefit from the security of living within the larger clan. She would not have lived long giving birth to a baby by herself in the wilderness, an unrelenting and un forgiving place God saw her El Roy El Ram the God who sees and in the text we read this morning God hears while it is Hagar who lifts up her voice in verse 16 it is her son Ishmael whom God hears. God heard the voice of the boy, and turning to Hagar, the angel of the Lord inquires of her, what troubles you, Hagar? God calls Hagar by name. God has seen Hagar again, and God has heard the voice of her son, whom Hagar fears will die. But God reassures Hagar, just as God did on her first escape, and the angel of the Lord tells her, do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is, come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Carolyn. B. Hellsell, is an assistant professor of homilytics at Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Reflecting on this text, she shares about a seminary student of hers who preached on this story. In this sermon, her student pointed out how the Hebrew word for hear in this text, as when God hears Hagar, is not a word that connotes passive Listening. The word is Shema, which may be familiar if you know the passage in Scripture known as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. The Shema is a prayer within Judaism. And it is called so because of the first word of the verse, Shema. As her student preached from her study of the text, this word for hear is not about simply passively taking in, not about sitting in a coffee shop, listening in on somebody else's conversation, but actively listening. Actively listening and following through with action. This kind of hearing is associated with obedience. The call to hear, O Israel, is a call to hear and obey. So when God hears the voice of the boy, God is obeying what that voice is crying out for. Acting on the cries of the child and coming to the rescue. And yet, this student in their sermon also pointed out that God does not seem to hear Hagar. God hears her son, but not her. And this is the last we hear about Hagar. Her son's story continues, and in fact, Ishmael and Isaac will come together as brothers to bury their father. But this is the last about Hagar. We hear that she gets her son a wife, and then she's gone. As is the case with many marginalized groups, we only see them in their stereotypical roles. Mothers as caregivers, perhaps matchmakers, but not history makers. There are many people whose stories continue to go unheard in our society. We may see them, but do we hear what they are trying to tell us? Do we hear and actually feel moved to act and obey? The story of Hagar has long been seen by women descended from enslaved Africans as a story they can relate to. The forced surrogacy of Hagar is not unlike the experiences of enslaved women living in the Antebellum South. Or the modern, underpaid childcare jobs of women of color caring for white women's children. But God continues to reassure women who are marginalized. God sees them. Indeed, like all of those who are pushed into closets and swept under rugs, God sees them. The question remains, do we hear them? And are we as a church willing to support them in the ways they need to fight for greater equity in the healthcare system where women of color have much higher rates of maternal mortality than their white counterparts because staff discount their complaints and ignore their concerns? to work for greater access to childcare and better public schools so that their children will have a greater chance of success, to challenge the school-to-prison pipeline where children of color are disproportionately targeted for stricter punishment in schools and viewed as delinquent. Can we hear the weeping of the mothers of black and brown boys and girls when their children are victims of police brutality? Do we hear the voices of the mothers and the children who are LGBTQIA, who are struggling for their very survival? If we hear them, then we must not remain passive but must act accordingly. We must not only listen but truly hear and obey, living out our faith in the world. For if we are to be the hands and the feet of God, we are also called to be God's eyes and ears, bearing witness and acting in faith. Amen. <clears throat> <clears throat> Will you please join me in our response to the word as found in your bulletin. We believe in a God of new beginnings. <clears throat> We follow a Savior who carries a cross. We a in a world so often governed by self interest, believe in the one true God of new beginnings. God inside, new new form. Amen. <clears throat> So this morning, we've got a new tree in the sanctuary. On Saturday, August 26th, mark your calendars now, we will be having our second annual Backpack to School event, where families in our community will be invited to come and get a backpack stuffed with school supplies for the coming academic year. Fortunately, we still have quite a few uh, supplies that were donated last year that are left over. However, our greatest need right now is backpacks. Um, At this time, Kim did a counting this week. Uh, She's amazing. Can we all agree on that? We do not need number two pencils, rulers, composition notebooks, two pocket folders, or child safe scissors or erasers. Uh, As we get a clearer picture of how much we have um, over the next few weeks, we'll let you know what our specific needs are, but we do need backpacks. Um, And the backpacks that we have here are wonderful. I think we can do even better. Kids love character backpacks. Atticus always has to have a Jurassic Park backpack. (laughs) It's got to have dinosaurs on it. (laughs) But kids love that. And it makes them excited. So as you're out shopping, as as you're looking for backpacks, look for those that have characters on it. Disney princesses dinosaurs, trucks, look for those ones. um, Because they're gonna be carrying these all year and we want them to be proud of the backpacks that they're carrying. Uh, Stay tuned for more information, but do mark your calendars for the 26th, we will need volunteers to be here that day um, to help with uh, food and with helping people through the line uh, to get their school supplies and backpacks. It was a wonderful, awesome uh, time last year, and we know it's going to be just as meaningful again this year. Uh, one other thing I want to lift up uh, in our life together, please look through all of the announcements, there some, um, there's some important information in there, um, but just a reminder that our VBS registration is officially up and running. Uh, sign up your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighbors, uh, let them know that we're going to be having a great Week of Vacation Bible School uh, together with New Covenant Presbyterian Church and Altamont and Helderberg Reformed Churches. Uh, the four churches coming together, it's great collaborative ministry, and we are very excited about it. That's all I have. <clears throat>
0: The Lord is good and gracious, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is the giver of all things. We respond with gratitude. Let us offer our lives to the Lord.
2: for fame. They ask for glory to shine on their name. They ask for love
0: Let us pray. Generous God, your morning sun gives life. Your evening breeze refreshes the soul. As life grows to its fullest this summer, let us give generously and repeatedly. Through our
1: gifts, may the hungry be fed, the lonely find good friends, and the grieving find comfort. With With these offerings, we we offer offer our own own lives, that that we we may rise rise again again to
0: live live with with you. you. Amen. Um,
1: Please be seated. Um, A couple of prayers. requests to lift up. Uh, First, a um, prayer of thanksgiving from Ray Rao. Um, She Emailed me uh, last night to let me know that uh, John, whom we prayed for last week, who had open-heart surgery, his surgery went well, and he is home and walking about already, uh, albeit slowly. Uh, Kelly, his wife, and John are both grateful for the prayers, uh, and we continue to pray for him in his, um, in his recovery. Uh, We also uh, praise God for safe travels for Ray and for Cece as they went out to Chicago and back. Um, She said the trade show went very well, Um, and we are very grateful for that. Uh, I also have a joy, uh, on Friday evening, Atticus had a belt test for Taekwondo, and he is now a solid yellow belt, and he has moved up to the big kids class. (laughs) And I tell you, every day I feel a little bit safer at home. (laughs) Or not, actually. (laughs) Are there other joys or concerns to lift up? Megan. Megan. Uh, during fellowship hour, absolutely. Uh, your friend's name again? Rena. Rena. Well, we uh, we pray for her as she grieves uh, the loss of her dog, uh, but we also celebrate with her that she has Tilly now. Wonderful. Others. Cindy. We pray for Jen, uh, who was injured in a motorcycle accident. Marianne. as a professor. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And prayers as we travel to Canada this coming week. And we pray for you. And we, we continue to pray for you and for safe travels. There's Betty. Betty's sister Mary uh, who had a fall on Wednesday multiple fractures we pray for her daughters uh, as they care for their mother we pray for her family including you um, and we pray for Mary who I am sure is confused and doesn't really know what's going on uh, we pray for her There's Bill Prayers for peace God's peace in the situation in Russia this weekend and also for the people of Ukraine. Yeah. We, we pray for, we pray continuous prayers of peace for, uh, for Ukraine and for this situation in Russia that is confusing and, um, and just very uncertain uh, with a lot of different pieces at play. Ian. I have Three thoughts. One is uh Dan Young as a way with uh, Korean mothers who up, or Korean
3: with Korean children who have been adopted by mothers in here. And um, she said she has a single room.
1: Wonderful! Wonderful that Aaron and Lou are moving back into their house. Uh, that's great news. Uh, we continue to pray for Danielle, uh, who is away this weekend at a uh, for a gathering of um, uh, adopting families, uh, and uh, and prayers for Carolyn. Um, Carolyn's on uh, on Zoom. Carolyn, we are we are praying for you as uh, your uh, surgery date of July fourteenth is approaching. And uh, we pray that uh, God will just continue to watch over you and hold you. And we love you very much. I gave her a hug the other day, so. (laughs) Uh, Chandra. We do, we pray for the children who are home this summer, who are in less than ideal situations. Friends, let us lift up our hearts in prayer. God of summer, this world is yours and we live according to your abundance. Wherever we wander during these summer days, road trips to the beach, family camping trips, visiting friends and relatives, watch over our travels. May we reach our destinations safely and make our journeys with wonder at the blessings bestowed upon us by your amazing grace. As we kneel in the dirt of our gardens, pulling the unwanted weeds, pruning the untamed overgrowth, may our harvest be plentiful, and the smell of soil, air, and sun spark joy. You give us enough to share, holy God. Remind us of those who don't have enough and our ability to make a difference in their lives. The heat and humidity can be oppressive, God. Perfect weather for those with access to a swimming pool. So we pray for those without access, without excess. We pray for people without cool places of respite and refuge. We pray for those whose lives are threatened by the heat. We pray for the poor and impoverished of this country, as well as around the world. May we find ways to shelter and nurture all your children, holy God. Hear our thanks and praise for the blessings of this summer. Hear also our prayers for those who are struggling. Especially, we pray, for the people of warring countries, those who groan with grief, those who are isolated and alone, those who are sick and their caregivers, those who are overwhelmed and exhausted, those who, for whatever reason, cannot enjoy the blessings of summer. In your mercy beloved God hear the prayers of your people we lift up to you all of those prayers joys and concerns that have been named aloud this morning trusting them to you knowing that you hold them and that you don't only hold them but you hold all of those that go unnamed in the quiet of our hearts. You are the God who sees. You are the God who hears. Now as the body of Christ, we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, 346, for the healing of the nations. May the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit bring hope to our hearts and peace to God's world. Go in peace. Amen.